Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. So on a night where the Yankees beat up on Toronto, I know the Blue Jays scored four in the eighth to, to make it somewhat interesting, but really it was a, this game was over early as Alec Manoa didn't have it, the Yankees get to him. On a night where we hear or where we see that and, you know, coming off the heels of a, a thrilling four-game series against the Rays and the, the Yankees showed you, I said last week after the Yankees lost two of three in Tampa that I believe the Yankees are the better team. I did not see anything during these four games against the Rays that made me think otherwise. Matter of fact, I doubled down on it, tripled down on it. Yankees are better than the Rays. I think they showed you that even though they split that four-game series. Anyway, then they go out there and clobber the Blue Jays, another team we've heard about. Oh, yeah, Toronto, they're scary in the AL East. Nonsense. Nonsense. Not when it comes to the Yankees, who are getting all of a sudden healthier. With Bader coming back, he made a difference immediately. Judge, obviously, back in there. He is making a difference. Another multi-home run game for him. So on a night where we should be celebrating a, a Yankee win over the Blue Jays, another team that they're trailing right now, and it won't be for long. By the end of this four-game series, they won't be. But right now, trailing Toronto in the AL East. It's going to be about Aaron Judge possibly cheating due to Dan Shulman and Buck Martinez, who do the Blue Jays games in TV uh, on TV in Toronto, making accusations with Aaron Judge looking back at something or looking in the dugout. Like, dude, come on. What are we? Seriously, this type of stuff honestly makes me contemplate what I'm doing with my life. Like, I can't, and I know it's a story, which is why I'm talking about it. I know people are going to call and talk about it, whether they, you know, think Judge is cheating or whether they ripped the Blue Jay announcers. But the fact that it even has to be brought up, and you heard Justin Shackle and Susan talking about it in the postgame. Like, come on now. This is really going to become a thing because of something people saw on social media? Because otherwise, how the hell would anybody in New York know what's going on on a Toronto Blue Jays broadcast? We're watching the Yankees broadcast. Or listening to the Yankees broadcast. 
So social media brings to light these two guys, Shulman and Buck Martinez, who, by the way, I have great respect for as announcers, or at least did, insinuating that Aaron Judge, oh, uh, Buck, you and I looked at each other when we saw this, Judge peeking into the Yankee dugout. Right away, the assumption goes to cheating, as opposed to, hey, Aaron Boone is yelling at the umpire. They just got tossed. Maybe there's some commotion going on in the dugout, and Judge is trying to get them to shut the hell up and calm them down while he's hitting. Instead of that, which to me seems pretty logical, right? What do you think? Aaron Judge, while he's at the dish, is going to be looking in the Yankee dugout for what exactly? What exactly? Somebody to uh, you know touch their the brim of their hat? Like, what is he looking for exactly? There's one person in the Yankee dugout that's waving a flag saying, oh, the catcher is sitting here, or it's going to be a curveball. Like, well, what are we talking about here? It, this is beyond ridiculous. But yet it becomes a thing. And now to a point where both Boone and Judge had to be asked about it, Boone was clearly showed the or shown the tape or the clip before he met the media because he was somewhat prepared for it and gave the same reasoning that you heard Aaron Judge talk about where Judge was like, look, I'm just trying to shut those guys up. Matter of fact, when the question was asked to Aaron Judge, he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. What do you mean? Looking where? And what What it bad now? Oh, you mean the second home run? That mammoth shot that's still going? How about this? I'll answer the question when that ball lands. Give me a few. Let me wait till that thing lands, and then I'll answer the question. That mammoth home run? Oh, somebody was accusing me of cheating? Yeah, right. 62 of them last year. 10 already this year. Plenty more are coming. No cheating involved. Like, I mean, give me a break because Judge peeks in. He didn't even know what was going on. Then he says, oh, yeah, that? I was just getting. Basically, he was mad at guys in the dugout for making a commotion. Hey, shut the hell up. I'm trying to work around here. And it's like I tell Rosie sometimes. Hey, shut up. I'm trying to work around here. <laughs> just kidding, Rosie. But anyway, you got Judge who, for like, for two seconds, I see this clip. His eyes look elsewhere for two seconds. And that's going to be a big deal now. I mean, come on, please. Please with this. Aaron Judge is, and this was so remarkable last year, where I do think last year, not that there was legitimate reason to speculate, but I do think last year when a player does something that has never been done before in the history of the game, you know, breaking the American League home run record with 62, we haven't seen it done cleanly in forever, you know, guys hitting 60 home runs. I do think the antenna goes up a little bit, and you're like, uh, I don't know. Not that I'm accusing him or not that I think he is, but, I mean, would you be surprised if you heard something? That, uh, and, and again, even that is probably pushing it, but you just can't be naive anymore. And I am naive to a fault. I admit that. This? Yeah, that's what he's doing. You figured it out. Dan Shulman, Buck Martinez, you guys figured it out. You did it. The case cracker. Look, judge is looking in the dugout. To see what pitches are coming. I mean, come on, guys. Please. And I don't know if it's the fault of the Blue Jays broadcast or if it's more on us for making a big deal about it. You see it on social media, starts to gain some steam. To a point, Look, I probably would not have addressed it if it were not brought up in the post-game press conferences. You know, if Aaron Judge and Aaron Boone are being asked about it, that's now part of the story. 
and probably the story, because why talk about a great game? I mean, the Yankees won. We all know that negativity sells. So you can't talk about the Yankees winning and the Yankees looking good. You much rather complain about the Yankees being in last place 10 games back. Now, all of a sudden, you look up. The Yankees are just seven and a half back of the Rays, who aren't that much better than the Yankees. I don't think that they are better. The Blue Jays, same thing. You've seen them head-to-head, toe-to-toe. As long as Judge is in there, the Blue Jays aren't as good as the Yankees. What, you worried about the Orioles? You watch, and really the time was last week. Go to Superbook Sports and go place a future wager on the Yankees to win the division. They'll catch the Rays. They're too good. And we could still criticize Brian Cashman and all of that, and I still do believe that there are you know flaws with this team or flaws with the process as far as building this team in a way postseason winner. We need to see it. But Cashman was right about one thing. Don't count us out. And you saw what they did in Tampa, even without Aaron Judge, even with losing two out of three. They showed you their toughness. They showed you their fight. They were playing with an edge, playing with great energy. Then they come back home, take care of the A's. Okay, no point of even discussing that. But again, have a great back-and-forth series with Tampa where after Thursday night, everybody ready to call the season done. And then again, down big on Saturday coming back. Everybody ready to call the season done. And the Yankees come back and get that win. Yes, I know they split, but man. And of all the years, right, with the unbalanced schedule, this is now the year where we got to see fewer Yanks and Rays games. I want to see more Yankees and Rays. I don't care to see more of the Yanks stomping on the Blue Jays, or I don't need to see the Orioles or Red Sox, even though that you know, this is the year where maybe it would be more exciting to see these teams 19 times each. But still, the Yankees and Rays, we're not going to get to see that till end of July. Anyway, Yankees are proving their worth now over the last week or so, last 10 days or so, looking like the Yankees were supposed to look. Mashing the ball, scoring a ton of runs, getting some good pitching along the way, but mostly it's that offense that has brought them back to life. And it's mid-May, and what once looked to be a daunting deficit in that division, 10 games back, looking at the possibilities of, uh uh-oh, not fully healthy, look at where they are right now. And anyway, all that gets lost in the idea that Aaron Judge is cheating. Phillip is in Freeport. Aaron Judge isn't cheating, Phillip. Um, come on. I mean, come on, Sal. You believe this? All that. You know what? You want to reach? I mean, thank God that he's... And by the way, no Beta today, no LeMahieu, I mean, in the starting lineup. I mean, he has the presence of mind to give those guys a rest. Big win. I mean, huge win. I mean, right off the bat, the Yankees feed off in the beginning. They, they love to be, you know, right out of the gate, but without... Without your engine, I mean, they gave him, what, $355 billion to make sure he does this? I mean, you can't have him on the bench. And then they accuse him? I mean, come on, Sal. We do need pitching, though, Sal. We Yeah, but look, who knows with Rodon, if he's, when he's coming back, what's going to go on with him or Seve. And the Yankees may be starting to get back, um, you know, to, to be a little bit healthier here, Philip. And thank you for the call. But they, they're fine. Like, and I know we overreact one way or another. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be irrational. So maybe the story changes a week ago from where it is now. To me, where I started to change my tune was after the series in Tampa. Because minus Aaron Judge, the Yankees were primed to go in there and get their heads ripped off. And it could have been a bloodbath. And it was not. Large in part thanks to Harrison Bader. And once I saw that type of effort 
The way the Yankees came back on the Rays, the way the Yankees fought in that series, the way the Yankees were up 6 nothing with Garrett Cole on the mound and expected the Yankees to take two out of three, but they didn't. In my mind, that was enough to say, okay, this team's not going away anytime soon. Because the reality is they're only going to get healthier. And I saw what the Rays... See, the Rays had a chance. Not this past weekend, last weekend in Tampa. The Rays had a chance to bury the Yankees. Even this early on, they could have sent the message. If they swept the Yankees, could have sent them into a tailspin. They did not. Then again, this weekend, now judges back, things a little bit tougher. You knew the Yankees were, you know, the Yankees felt good even though they lost two of three in Tampa. The Rays again had an opportunity, especially after taking the first one on Thursday night. And they failed again. No blood drawn. Split the four-game series. But the Yankees were closer to winning three out of four than the Rays were. And, I, again, I know they were back and forth games, but you just get that feeling. You know, the, the Rays were the best team in baseball record-wise. Yanks are supposed to be down right now. Not, not even close to 100% healthy. Now, again, I know everybody's got injuries, Tampa as well, but, you know, that's been the, the big focal point with the Yankees that they've been hurt. Anyway, they didn't take advantage of it. Jim is in Haverstraw. Jim? Hey, Salami, you're getting it right, man. I love it. How are you, Jim? <laughs> I'm good, pal. So listen, man, this is set up perfect for those guys up there in Toronto. You know what this is. This is payback, man. This is Evan Roberts' payback for Evan's, uh, you know, saying that Tampa Bay is a bunch of cheaters. Yeah, but he said it about Tampa, first. not about Toronto. I, I know, but it's just all that whole thing against the Yankees. Who, who is New York to say that Tampa... Listen, it's all just, it, it, it was perfect. It was set up for him. Just to Yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying First of all, I don't even know if Dan Shulman or Buck Martinez know who Evan is. All due respect. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're not. It's not a knock on Evan. I mean, I don't know if they, you know, I'm sure they know the fan exists, but I don't think they're getting too deep into the weeds, especially when it didn't involve their team. If this would, you know, if Evan or whoever was accusing the Jays of cheating, yes. But they were, you know, Evan said the, the Rays, and he hinted at it, the Rays were cheating. I don't think. I don't know if you're being facetious or not, Jim. I don't think one has to do with the other. But the idea that you would accuse Aaron Judge for what he did, I mean, did you see the clip? Yes, I did. I did. So, listen, man, I, I kind of am being a little facetious. But, I mean, you say it has to do with Tampa. They're kind of all, I mean, it's the same division, right? And you know that um, the, the Yankees and, and, you know, the evil empire gets underneath everybody's skin. And don't sell yourself short about Evan, man. Evan's very, very popular, man. He, uh, he went viral, I think, on that one. Uh, well, I mean, sure, but uh, but what does that mean? Uh, so, so what? Well, I'm, I'm, so I'm just saying it doesn't have to be Tampa. They could have got ticked off about it. Like, who does who does you know the the New York media think they are saying just because the team is good and they're beating the crap out of the Yankees now all of a sudden that somebody's cheating? So they right. I, I think you're I think you're stretching though, Jim. And thank you for the call. I, I think that's a a significant reach on your part. If it were. The Blue Jays, then yes. But what Evan was talking about was the Rays. And people wanted to make a big deal of that, so they did. This is totally different to me. Aaron Judge, and and by the way, Evan, he's not a Yankee fan. So I don't think this is all, you know, he's representing all of New York media, and now it's the AL East versus New York media. And uh, I'm not getting into that. But uh, to me, that one has nothing to do with the other. This is a ridiculous, it's not even an accusation. It's, uh, by the way, I think Evans was ridiculous. Well, just because the Rays are off to a good start, they're cheating. I mean, come on, give me a break. I thought that's ridiculous. 
And just because Aaron Judge moved his eyes and was looking at the dugout during a time where the manager just got tossed, where everybody's yelling in there. So what exactly is he looking for? Imagine that as a hitter. You're up there in the major leagues, no less, facing major league pitching. You're looking in the dugout for a sign? What are you looking for exactly? It's ridiculous. You guys are getting, I mean, come on, not you guys, because I don't think the majority of people think there is any legitimacy to this. Rosie, you think there's legitimacy to this? Are you out of your mind? He, he moved his eyes for a split second. You can't see a human in that amount of time. Right. He was not looking at who was, who was chirping. So what was he looking for? Someone, you can't see a human in that time, but he's looking for... He's looking for uh. some sort of sign or something yeah, that, right. about the pitch that's coming. Right. Or the guy is tipping his pitches, and that's what he was looking at. But the fact that he said he was looking in the dugout to see he was chirping, his eyes moved for two seconds maybe, you can't see anybody that quickly. Something got his attention. No, you're out of... Yeah, the guy's yelling, did Guy's chirping. You don't look at chirping yes, you for a do. split second. You absolutely do. If you put yourself in his position, and I thought Judge nailed it perfectly, saying, hey, first of all, you could read people. Like, if you have any common sense, you could read people to see if they were lying or not. Aaron Judge clearly was like, huh? What are you talking about? What at bat again? And then he was like, oh, yeah, what I was doing was everybody was yelling in the dugout, and... Basically, Judge was saying it nicely that he wanted them to shut the bleep up while he's trying to take his at-bat. But yet, somehow, it turns him into cheating. I want to know what exactly... Let's say he was cheating. Let's say Aaron Judge was looking into the dugout for something. What exactly could it have been that he could have seen out of the corner of his eyes that could have been relayed to him in time for him to understand what pitch was being thrown so we could go up there and mash one? As if Aaron Judge needs that, A. B, if it's even physically possible. Like, you'd be, I'd be more understanding if you said, oh, they're working on a buzzer system. And Judge was looking to see if the buzzer system was working or not. Because it, it must not have been going off. Because whoever was supposed to be buzzing it clearly didn't do their job because he didn't feel it. So he was looking into the dugout to see if, in fact, somebody was actually buzzing, the, you know, the pitch in. Like, come on. I mean, what are we doing here? It's so ridiculous. It's gotten out of control now with this stuff. Aaron Judge cheating. Yeah, okay. By the way, I don't care if you knew what pitch was coming. You still, it's still difficult to hit that ball as far as he did. And there's no way he was, it's not even, it's honestly not even worth discussing. But coming off of the Yankee game and the fact that they actually had to discuss it, I figure we bring it up to start the show with it. There's plenty more, obviously, I want to get to at 877-337-66. 66 we'll get into the disaster that is the New York Mets as they lose again didn't lose a series but missed an opportunity to actually win a series from a lousy team now they return home and take on the best team in the Tampa Bay Rays and hard to imagine although they have Verlander going on Tuesday night hard to imagine the Mets faring uh, as well as the Yankees did or even just being serviceable against the best team in Major League Baseball, at least record-wise with the Rays, where the Mets have been going the complete opposite right now. They have just been playing a bad brand of baseball for a while now. It's been a few weeks. Really, since that West Coast trip where we were talking the Mets up, it's just been bad baseball for them. They're not doing anything well. Running the bases, not playing defense, not pitching, not hitting. Anyway, we'll get into that. 
But I did want to start with the Yankees. We'll take plenty of your calls on the Yankees as well, whether you want to talk about the judge stuff or just the Yankees in general being back to the Yankees that we expected to see. 877-337-6666. More your calls on the other side. Salak. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Out on the fan. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. So, Yanks get a nice win over the Blue Jays, first of four in Toronto, as they start to establish their dominance over the Jays. Look, Bader coming back was the first move that kind of helped make this team look a little differently. Anthony Rizzo has been playing extremely well as of late. Aaron Judge back. Obviously, that's been a huge difference. Then, all of a sudden, you can live with you know, Volpe contributing in a limited capacity. Willie Calhoun contributing in a limited capacity. Oswaldo Cabrera. All of a sudden, the the ancillary parts in that lineup look a little bit better when you have the big guys carrying the team. And offensively, the Yankees now have been doing plenty to make them look like the Yankees that we you know expect to see. Where all right, they may not be the best at pitching throughout the course of a game, although. You know, last night with Jimmy Cordero, or tonight I should say, with Jimmy Cordero getting the the opener, you know, getting the start as the opener. Johnny Brito looking pretty good in the middle of that game, you know, and then Hamilton and King, their two best relievers. So, and yeah, I mean, I say that even with Clay Holmes. I mean, King and Hamilton have been their two best guys. It was a nice start to this four game series for the Yankees in Toronto. It was the complete opposite for the Mets, as it was an awful close to their series, their four game series. In D.C., and it was a series that was just a mess with the rain and then a doubleheader yesterday. And then the Mets, you know, earlier this afternoon get blown out 10-3. to You got Alvarez getting picked off for first base, getting thrown behind with the bases loaded in two. I like, dude, come on. And it's not just him. It's Vogelback, you know, doing it uh, last week or whatever it was. Mets have been awful on the base pads. Lindor hasn't done anything. Starling Marte hasn't done anything. Marcana hasn't done anything. Alonzo hasn't done much. You look at what the Mets are doing, and it's a lot of nothing. Jeff McNeil is not doing as much, and he's hitting 270. For him, he should be hitting, obviously, over 300. So you're talking about you know 30-point difference there. It's been a mess. Not to mention the starting pitching with the Mets, where finally Scherzer looked decent on Sunday. Finally, you got Justin Verlander back in there, who he goes on Tuesday night for the Mets in that first game. It'll be his um, home debut 
for the Mets. So finally you got him and Scherzer in that rotation, and hopefully they could build off of that. But the Mets have been awful. And it's not about who they play. It's about how they play. They're finishing up a 4-9 and nine stretch over against some of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. Some of, I mean, you're talking about the Tigers, the Nationals, the Rockies. It has been ugly for the Mets. And the Reds, that's why I say it doesn't matter who the Mets are playing. It's about how they are playing. And right now, the answer to how they are playing is not any good. And I never want to see David Peterson in a Mets uniform again. I don't know how they can possibly justify that at any point this year. You want to tell me you're going to keep him in the minors, let him work, and then maybe next year think that he could do something? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but I've seen enough of David Peterson. That's it. I know that they're desperate. Think about this. I thought David Peterson was going to be better than Carlos Carrasco or even Jose Quintana. I figured he was going to be better than what you expected to get out of both those guys. Wrong. Peterson has been awful, and now you can't wait for Quintana or Carlos Carrasco to come back. It's been ugly. Chris is calling from Manhattan. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Sal, I need some help, boy. Something about this Met game, uh, it really, really ticked me off. Coming off of the win. And you know what, Sal, before I get to my point, Met fans need to be careful because, you know, we all relish when the Yankees lose. Listen, the Yankees are proving they're, they're overcoming adversity a lot better than the Mets. So we can just stay in our lane it's, and it's, worry about it, our Yeah, our you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I don't know why one would worry about the other. There is no comparison. The Yankees are on a different right. level. We've talked about that saying that the Mets, while they may spend the most money in the league, they are trying to get to where the Yankees are at, a trusted contender year in, year out, a consistent participant in the postseason. The Mets are not there. haven't done that yet. Correct. Never. The Mets have never done that. How many times i got to say it? Only twice in their history have they made postseason in consecutive years. The Yankees make it every year, it seems. So while we, while both teams have been struggling and while we acknowledge both teams are struggling to start the year, there was a big difference. Well, actually, two big differences. One, the Yankees have been ravaged by injury. Two, the Yankees always are uh, a constant. They always find themselves in the postseason. The Mets have not been ravaged by injury, a little bit in that rotation, but their lineup has been intact. And the Mets, they have to earn our trust as far as being postseason contenders year in, year out. Exactly, Sal. So, so, look, on the Mets, I mean, something about the, the, okay, this loss. First of all, you're coming off that win yesterday. No momentum. Floppy playing. They have five people on that roster that do not belong in the major leagues. Peterson, Hunter, Santana, maybe Guillaume at this point, a, a few others. And, like, I, it's ridiculous. And they're throwing them out there. The same thing. And I got to tell you, so I'm getting to the point now. You know, I was as big a Buck fan, Buck fan as you are. There's something is I don't, it's exactly the opposite of how this team was playing last year. The fundamentals are off. They're sloppy. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but it, it's almost like a like some bizarre world. Even those little things that Buck was so fanatical about, they're not doing them anymore. Well, that's the number one concern for me. I think the starting rotation can get settled in, can be stabilized, especially now with Scherzer, Verlander in there, Carrasco on the, on the way, whatever. But I think the starting rotation could get stabilized. I also do but believe – I hold on. I also Sal, believe I also believe that the lineup could turn it around. I'm not saying they're guaranteed to do it, but I think they got the horses in there to where they could turn it around. Also, they could bring up somebody from the minors. They could always make a trade at some point. The thing that bothers me is that this team – 
has been beating themselves. That is something that they did not do at all last year. And it was a big reason why I was, you know, uh, you know, applauding Buck because I felt that Buck would do that, bring a team that doesn't beat themselves, that does the little things well, and help them win games. We saw it play out a year ago. This year it's the complete opposite. Right. And one more thing, Sal, I'm totally on board with that. It seems like the trend now is we know that Senga apparently can't pitch on standard rest, so they're going to skip him every time. And now it looks like Verlander, at least this time, maybe that's because that one out out in the pitch. But if, if we're going to now start skipping two of these starters that are healthy and plugging in people like Peterson, that's a guaranteed loss. And and that if that keeps going with that pattern, we got to have. I know Carrasco's coming back. We don't know what we're going to get from him. If they continue with that pattern with the starting pitching, that's going to thin out the starting pitching even more. Well, I don't think that they can continue with that, Chris, and thank you for the call. They cannot. They have to figure out a a way to stabilize that rotation, and I do think it's going to be better now. But you cannot have David Peterson in there anymore. You can't have Senga getting eight days rest. I'm not sure. Did they give an exact answer? Because I didn't see it to why Verlander got pushed back. I mean, I know they probably wanted them to pitch at home. I'm assuming that that was a part of it, along with, hey, Let's get him against the Rays because we can't throw out anybody else out there. And maybe figuring Peterson might be able to have one last shot against the crappy Washington Nationals. That's the only thing, like if you use common sense. But other than that, yeah, I don't know why they continue to push these guys back or move them around. It's not making any sense. They need that rotation to be stabilized. I do feel like, though, now with Scherzer in there, along with the way Verlander has pitched through his first two, that maybe they can get some st- um, some stability in that rotation. Richard is calling from New Jersey. What's up, Richard? Hey, hey how are you? I'm a big fan of you. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm not doing good. These Mets are playing god awful. They came off a good. They came off a win, and then the next team to get blown out. Well, I mean, they were non-competitive. That's the problem. To a crappy team, they were non-competitive in a spot where they had an opportunity to take three or four and at least have some good feel coming back home to take on the Rays this week. Right. Correct. They, they can't hit. They can't hit against sucky teams. This is the problem with the Mets. They beat themselves up. Well, they didn't last year, Richard, and thank you for the call. They didn't do that at all last year. But this year, they've done it. Quite a bit. The base path stuff, like, I'd love to talk to Buck myself and find out what the hell's going on here because it's uncharacteristic of a Buck Showalter-led team to be beating themselves. Now, the Mets are not good enough right now to where, you know, they can do that. They're getting beat and they're beating themselves. Or vice versa. They're beating themselves and they're getting beat. Last year, they didn't get beat, but they certainly weren't beating themselves. It was one of the big reasons why they had so much success, putting the ball in play, letting other teams make those mistakes, and then taking advantage of them. And this year, it's been totally different. Young Josh is in Passaic. What's up, Young Josh? Good. How you doing, pal? How are you, Josh? I'm good. So, listen, with the Yankees, obviously, I don't think Aaron Judge is cheating because if you want to, like, say some part you think, like, last year, right, you'd be fighting for a contract, but why would he be cheating in this game? It's not, And it wasn't like it was a crazy high-leverage moment. If you want to tell me somebody's cheating on the Yankees, tell me it's Garrett Cole or something. Obviously, I don't think he'd be cheating, but if he glanced at the dugout, you might want to say, oh, he wasn't so good last year. And all of a sudden, he's looking golf sharp. It it, It is ridiculous to me, young Josh, that people would even bring it up. I'm not saying that 
the idea of judge cheating is ridiculous because last year I could understand people at least being skeptical. I'm not saying he's cheating, but you could be skeptical and saying, hey, nobody's done this before. Nobody's done this clean, uh, you know, since 1961. What's going on here? Maybe, like, I could see you not being naive anymore. However, in this particular case, with Judge looking into the dugout during a chaotic situation where there were clearly people chirping, like, you, you think he's cheating? It was To me, that's moronic from Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez and disrespectful to Judge, who basically just laughed it off and dismissed it, as he should. And also, like, it's funny that Peterson was, like, really bad today and Corbin was good because last year they were, like, the opposite player. Corbin was, like, the worst in the majors. And, like, last year you were able to say, like, if your pitching goes down, you have McGill and Peterson to step up. McGill's been okay, but Peterson has been really bad. He's really killed us down the road. The two biggest differences, and there's been a lot of, and thank you for the call, young Josh, there have been, there have been a lot of differences from the Mets from last year carried over to this year. One of the differences has been not being themselves, you know, playing smart baseball. Obviously, they, they don't play smart baseball this year. And they have beaten themselves quite a bit. The other thing, and you mentioned it with that starting rotation, where even without DeGrom, even without Max Scherzer for a lot of last season, the Mets still were able to get quality starting pitching. And they were able to build off of that. And I don't want to say manufacture runs. I hate that term. But they were able to put the ball in play. They were able to They played baseball. They were a good baseball team. They were smart on the base paths, didn't make too many mistakes, let the other teams make the mistakes. They were a good, solid baseball team. And this year, they're just not. This year, name me something that the Mets do well. I can't even tell you that they manage the game well, they play smart baseball. That wouldn't be enough, but I can't even tell you that because they haven't done it. What exactly is the Mets' strength? Do they hit for power? No. Do they have a bunch of high-average guys or high-end-base guys? No. So what do they do well? They great defensive team? Starting pitching? I mean, that's supposed to be their strength. And I do think that you're going to see the starting pitching turn it on a little bit here. Because I believe in Verlander, and we'll see what he can do against the Rays tonight. This is actually a big game. Look, the way the Mets are going... Every game is important right now. Got to get some wins, win some series. But with Verlander going specifically, it's a big game because he's your best, taking on the best in the Rays. What's the disparity? If you can't belong with the Rays on a night where your ace is going, then you've got major problems because the Mets were not built to be a 500 team. They were built to be the best. And now they're taking on the best in the Rays. This is going to be a good barometer for them early on this year, specifically with Verlander going tonight. Ken is calling from Queens. What's up, Ken? Yes, Al. The varsity team's coming in tomorrow to play the junior varsity, so that's what that's all will be all about. After that series will be over. But uh, I want to see if you can guess or give me an idea what I'm going to be saying now. Joe Beningo, Pat Boyle, Evan, who else? There's a couple other guys. Pete Hoffman. Mm -hmm. They have one thing in common. You know what that is? What's that? They think Billy Epler 
fucks as a GM. Hmm. That's the exact words. They traced him over the weekend like, like you wouldn't believe. Right. Now, what I want to know, and tell me the truth, please, Al, because I'm very respectful towards you, and you've always been mm-hmm. very respect- respectful towards me. Do you have a soft spot for Billy Evelyn because he introduced you to Buck and he sat you in the no. training behind the dugout? That no. When you're on TV? No, no, I because... Mean, I'm being serious. No, well, let me answer. First of all, he did not introduce me to Buck Showalter. That's number one. Number two, I didn't sit with him. I sat with Terry Collins. Then he came and sat with us. So to answer your question, the answer is no. I don't have a soft spot for him. At all, okay. I, I'm just okay. I'm just smarter than the other guys that you mentioned. Where there, right. let's go based off the facts. So you can name all the other people who said that Billy Epler quote sucks. Here's what I'm going to go off of: Billy Epler quote. And you Bill- had a good debate on your show with Evan on Friday. I listened to yeah. that. Well, that right, was very interesting. Well, right. I mean, well, I don't know if you know this, Ken, but I'm pretty good at what I do here. But the the, mm-hmm. the point is, they won 101 games last year. Billy Epler built a team. With that no, they did. They went to the playoffs. I don't care if they won two thousand games. Right, but you're saying, but hold on, but you're, you're all right. But your argument then is that Billy Epler didn't win a championship, therefore he sucks. Is that what we're getting at? No, he should be fired just on getting Darryl Ruff, Vogel back. Ken, Ken, but you're missing. You're, you're missing. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Ken, Billy Epler put Ken, Billy Epler put together a team that won 101 games, one of the winningest seasons in franchise history. And you yet think he sucks and want him fired. Eventually, Sal, and I'll call you up the day he's let go in the future, whenever it might be, the offseason next year, whenever, hopefully, I'm, I told you, I hope that guy Stearns comes in, takes over the head of operations. Yeah, but, but again, you're not, you're, you're not listening, Ken. You're, 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 not, you're not listening. I, I can't have a conversation with you being ignorant about this. Nobody is saying Billy Epler should have a job for life. Nobody's saying Billy Epler is the greatest general manager anywhere. All I'm going off of, like, how do you know what Billy Epler is other than what you saw a year ago. Forget about what happened with the Angels. Let's focus on what was with the Mets. Argue it. I want to hear you argue it. Billy Epler built a team last year that won 101 games. Now, you're going to blame him for Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett all blowing up in the biggest spots possible. Maybe not DeGrom as much, but you understand that there was other stuff with DeGrom. And by the way, even as good as he was, it still wasn't vintage Jake. But you get the point. The Mets, who built a 101-win team, was built on that starting rotation, had those three guys lined up in Atlanta, and they all got punched in the mouth by the Braves. They got swept. They had them lined up again for the wild card series. They got beat. You're going to blame Billy Epler on that? So what does Epler do? He says, okay, well, we got beat last year on that rotation. I'm going to change some things up. They wanted DeGrom back, but DeGrom didn't want to be here ultimately, and the Mets didn't want to pay him what he was going to get from Texas. So he left. What do they do? They go get Justin Verlander. Chris Bassett failed in the two biggest starts, and not only failed, like he embarrassed himself, failed. Imploded, failed. So they replaced him. They went and got depth in the starting rotation. 
They didn't adjust the lineup. You could criticize Epler for that, but it's still a long season. It's only May 15th. Like, I'm assuming he was planning on adding a bat or two in season, whether it's right at the deadline or around there. Can we let the, the – the guy has been a general manager for a year and a half. He's got a 101-win season to his name. And you call up and say you should be fired or people are saying that they think he sucks. Like, what more do you want? People that say that don't know what they're talking about. And I heard the names that you're mentioning. I don't care. That's ignorant. It's foolish. Wait to see what he does here. There's no soft spot. I'll be at the front of the line like I always am with everything. When it's time to be critical, I'll be there. Right now is not that time. It's the lowest spot that the Mets could be in right now. It's about as bad as it could be. Now, if they win 75 games this year, it's going to be a problem. But it's not going to be a problem to a point where we say fire fire Epler. What it's going to be is, hey, this is a make or break year for Epler now. He's had one great year, one awful year. And that's if they lose 75 games. He gets a pass this year because of what happened last year. You don't just change general managers every year. And I still stand by the hire because I don't believe there's anybody better suited to or for that job than Epler. Where he came from, how he was raised in baseball through the system, dealing with a an expensive team with a owner that, that puts pressure on you, that, that's very demanding, all that stuff. If he doesn't get the job done and his team doesn't make the playoffs this year, then the criticism is right. And then if he doesn't do it again next year, then he's going to be fired. Or at least should be. But we're a long way from that. It's May 15th. He's like literally on record with one of the best records in Mets franchise history. And you want him fired. I'd rather talk about judge cheating. 877-337-6666. More of your calls on the other side. Sal Licata on the fan. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Licata back on the fan. 877-337-6666. Rosie, what do you got for me here? We got the, you know, we're talking about Judge who was being accused of cheating. Or was he being accused or was it, it was being insinuated that he might be cheating by the Blue Jays broadcasters, Dan Schulman and Buck uh, I think it was Martinez. insinuated that why was he looking in that way? Right. And the Blue Jays manager, John Schneider, on that. I'm not the caliber of hitter Aaron Judge is and never was, but he's obviously looking somewhere besides the pitcher for a reason at that point in the time of that at bat. Okay. Anybody else comment on it? The pitcher? The pitcher did Jay Jay Jackson as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say anything against any organization, but for him to be peeking over for that amount of time, it seemed like it wasn't just a glance and readjusting to get back on the pitcher. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. Right. So that's it. The Blue Jays did it then. They figured it out. Aaron Judge is cheating. Right. Good for them. Now maybe they could actually try and beat the Yankees for a change. 
because that hasn't happened in however long. I mean, what a bunch of pathetic losers the Toronto Blue Jays as an organization are. First of all, Toronto, you suck, okay? You suck at baseball. Last year, you were supposed to be this great team, young, up-and-coming team. Wait till you find out. But Yankees spit on you. They spit on you and kicked you to the curb like the second citizens that you are in the AL East. And then again this year, oh, yeah, the big, bad Blue Jays. Oh, yeah? Ooh, we're scared of the Blue Jays. Yankees really look scared of the Blue Jays. Give me a break. I don't care if it's Dan Shulman, Buck Martinez. Who's their manager? John Schneider. John Schneider, whatever Jackson pitcher to you mentioned. I don't care who they uh, – Manoa, big, tough Alec Manoa. Oh, he's going to go after Garrett Cole, huh? Manoa, you're a stiff. You're a, a hack compared to Garrett Cole. A total hack. You're an embarrassment, bro. An embarrassment. You're going to go after Garrett Cole? You're going to act this big, tough guy? The Yankees just battered you around. And the, the, the guy, the guy Jackson, he's got some. If I'm him, I do that post game media scrum with a bag over my head because I'm embarrassed that Aaron Judge hit one to the moon off of me. If that sky dome was closed, I don't know if it was or not. It was going through it, and this guy's got the goal to be like, "Oh, I'm not going to say anything," but I'm not going to say anything, but dude, you got crushed, Toronto. You're a bunch of losers. Get over it. Respect Aaron Judge. Respect the greatness. We got to hear about Bichette. We got to hear about Guerrero. Biggio. Who else is there that uh, used to have a father that played in the big leagues? Oh, this Blue Jays team. When exactly are they going to kick it in a gear and actually do something? I'd like to see that. Do something for a change. I guess one other thing that's interesting is this is a four-game set. So the Yankees are going to be in there until Thursday, and this will 100% be a thing the next three nights. I don't know if this is like, I'm going to throw at this guy for this, but people are nuts if they think this is not going to blow over by tomorrow. No, because it's disrespectful to the Yankees. It's disrespectful to Aaron Judge. Put it this way. I find, I take offense to it, and I have nothing to do with the Yankees. It's offensive to me. Imagine being on that team. If I were on the team, I'd want to throw at somebody for it. Call me old-fashioned, call me nuts, whatever you want. I'd, that's how annoyed I'd be. The Blue Jays should have shut their mouths, let the broadcasters do the talking with Showman and Buck Martinez trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Judge explained himself. The manager, the pitcher, should have just shut up and said, look, man, I got beat. I threw the pitch. He crushed it. End of story. Schneider should have said, look, I don't know what he was looking at, but he, there was stuff going on in the dugout. He said that after the game. I'll respect it. I don't think Aaron Judge is doing anything. Unless, of course, you really think Judge is cheating. And if you do, based off of that, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You want to tell me that you know other stuff? Where's the evidence? Because Judge looked into the dugout. Matter of fact, Buck Martinez even said, well, he can't see the catcher the way he's looking. I don't think his head turned that way can see the catcher's location the way he's looking, which I agree with. I don't think it could either. As a matter of fact, I would even take it a step further and say that Judge went out of his way not to move his head down to look at where the catcher was. 
I mean, it's just ridiculous. The Blue Jays are, they have become pathetic. I mean, they're always pathetic on the field. You know, outside of the early 90s growing up. Robbie Alomar and Tony Fernandez and Joe Carter, Paul Molitor. I used to love those teams. Cito Gaston, you know, those guys I liked. These Blue Jays, nothing but disappointment. And apparently crying from the broadcast booth, too. Ooh, did you see that? Oh, what, the judge looked into the dugout with his commotion going on? Yeah, he must have been stealing the sign. Uh, like, what are we on, NFL or, or college football sidelines? Where somebody in the dugout, I think it was Glaber Torres, must have held up a sign that said, hey, fastball's coming. Breaking pitch on the outside corner. Like, well, what are we doing? What is he looking at exactly? How are you going to relay a message from the dugout to him? I mean, it is just pathetic. The Blue Jays are pathetic with this one. 877-337-6666. More your calls on the other side. Sal Akata on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 